Welcome to another episode of the SNC Podcast. I am your host, Paula Shade Anosier. On this episode, I spoke to Eddie Lawani, a well-known Nigerian show promoter and special events producer. His career in the Nigerian entertainment industry spans at least three decades. He's also the head consultant at Showbiz Network Services. I called him to speak about the impact of the health pandemic on the entertainment industry and how artists and technical experts can find alternative ways to adapt in these times. Now, before I get on with the show, my sincere apologies for the audio quality. You can work so hard to cross the T's and to dot the I's to limit any audio challenges, but the problematic phone and internet service in Nigeria seems to work harder. So do bear with me as I continue to do my best to figure out different alternatives around conducting interviews in these times and getting great audio quality. Thank you so much for your understanding. Hello, Mr. Eddie Lawani. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shadi. <laughs> How's your day going, sir? I'm hanging in doing well. The You're... better, but it's all right. Yeah, okay. That's good to hear. And... A part of me is actually sad because my goal was to interview you. I was going to find a way to interview you, interview you this year because I wanted to talk about your career and knowing what you do, how people can become successful show promoters and even in people that may want to get into special events production. But, you know, COVID-19 happened. So considering the state of the world right now and the impact COVID-19 has had on the global entertainment industry, particularly the live entertainment sector, we'll be talking about how artists and even those behind the scenes, whether it's you're into sound design or stage design, how can they go about creating alternative sources of income? And are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, great. So I wanted to first ask that before... COVID-19 became a reality in Nigeria because, you know, a lot of people were saying that, oh, it doesn't affect black people. It doesn't, it's whatever the case may be, heat is going to kill in Nigeria. Were there any events or concerts that you were slated to be a part of this year? Um, a couple of events, some of them actually outside of um, Nigeria that were supposed to be um, part of. And uh, in Nigeria too, one or two events that have been put forward from February and it was going to come up uh, in April because COVID-19 happened, as you said, and that has just put everybody out of commission. Even events that are planned for later in the year that demand like some six months of uh, planning and uh, synchronizing, all of those have also been put um, on hold. I'm talking of some big international events mm-hmm. as well. So I'm sure everybody in the business, one way or the other, has had something slip off because of the current situation. When it came or when we first heard of the first case in Nigeria, were you still kind of optimistic that, okay, even the ones outside the country, like you know that those ones were not probably not going to happen because of travel restrictions, were you still hopeful that the ones in Nigeria would happen? Um, in every situation, everybody wants to be optimistic. optimistic. Yeah. Whether just or not, whether rational or not, whether logical or not, because nobody wants to go be idle or lose potential business. But then, it's always going to be a case of uh, what we think and what the clients think. But a lot of the time, we do most of our jobs for third-party clients, and uh, most of them have um, international 
affiliation. Mm-hmm. Some decisions I even made from outside of the country, as the case may be. Because mm-hmm. there are sometimes you have to bring some personnel, and sometimes you need to order materials from different places. The world becomes so global, and I know people in the decor business who have put so much money out there wanting to have a fresh new look in 2020 from the second quarter. And then materials are stuck, their money is stuck, the materials are stuck. And even if the materials coming, they really do not have any guaranteed event. We were, we were just praying. There was nothing to be optimistic about uh, excessively. Yeah, because um, you can be optimistic as a service provider and then the corporate body or the client you're dealing with they have like a different take on it. So mm-hmm. if we're not aligned, it will just be a dream. Yeah, because you know, you see when the cases happen all over the world, you saw different concert promoters or even different companies that kept pushing it back to, okay, maybe it's going to, maybe like they will reschedule to June or July. And now people are definitely seeing that the chances of concerts happening in even this year is most likely not going to happen besides, you know, the other people that are taking a chance on how they are trying to put things together in terms of abiding by social distancing rules. But just to go a little bit deeper into your points about how COVID-19 has affected the Nigerian entertainment industry, can you speak more about that? Because I know that when I called about two weeks ago to set up this interview with you, you mentioned about a couple of things, and I said that, you know, can you save that for the show? So can you please talk more about that? Um, the demand industry is the hardest hit. Uh, banks can go back to work and maintain social distancing. Entertainment, uh, the biggest engagement points are uh, more like contact sports. There has to be an audience. Even if it's um, in-studio, you have audiences, weddings, you have audiences. So, entertainment business thrives on people coming together to behold a spectacle, which can be a wedding, a play, or whatever, theaters, and all of that. Even people playing Sunday, Sunday, soccer in some street corner. So, we cannot overemphasize uh, how devastating this is. And also, don't forget that most people with the entertainment industry who have a lot of freelancers, a lot, a lot of the crew. Cameramen and engineers to carpenters to stage and set, electricians. These are people who uh, run free and wild without any uh, guarantee of like monthly income, like somebody on a salary in a bank. So once people cannot come to the, it's a tragedy. Well, you can't even shoot a music video right now because the way it goes, you can't have contact. So that's very true. We're in a when a deep end, but like I said, we're hoping that um, since the Nigerian case is still much marginal, mm-hmm. we're praying that they don't worse than this, and then maybe we can get back into business uh, a lot earlier than we envisage. Just to piggyback on your point of the fact that entertainment is a contact sport, it's very hard to enforce social distancing rules. Because of the lockdowns and social distancing measures in place, it's harder, it's pretty much impossible for artists to connect with their fans physically. And when it comes to even performances, there are only like a limited number of avenues that artists can use. So we have 
Facebook Live, we have Instagram, we have Twitch, we have... Actually, we even have regular TV. You know, regular TV that a lot of us maybe have stopped watching now, we're back to watching it. So regular TV, maybe it's recorded or even if it's live, you have YouTube Live, you also have new technology or white label services. Which one do you think would be best for Nigerian artists to use in terms of maybe trying to connect with their fans or even trying to put on performances? Um... An adage that when you get married, when you choose to get to a hunchback, it means you are probably figuring out how you are going to do your business behind closed doors. So, <laughs> if I fall from that, every artist definitely knows his or her strong points and weaknesses before COVID 19. Mm-hmm. There are artists for international appeal. There are those who have continental appeal. There are those who have a national. And there are people who are like selling on the local, uh, regional level. And then you have those wannabe just uh, starting out. Of course, there's always a craze about followers and all of that. But you can't really say this is the one platform yeah. that artists uh, can best use mm-hmm. or employ to get around this um, disconnect. People will use what they feel gives them the best opportunity to connect with their fans. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you see some artists are like um, totally regional, maybe coming from the east or the southwest, not yet like national figures yet, like they waiting to blow. And then they go about trying to engage an audience that is superficial. Because most artists also have followers that really look like uh, people were induced or incentivized to mm-hmm. sign up. So when people have like 14 million or 5 million followers, and then you make a post, you are getting um, 500 likes. Then there's something wrong mm-hmm. from 4 million followers to 500 likes and maybe just uh, a thousand downloads. So some artists will live with that illusion, but this is the time when they should actually get to work and realize that uh, the more organic they create a relationship with their audience, true audience, the better it should be for them and their career. And of course, don't forget it, also this large population are also part of uh, those who consume entertainment, but who are not necessarily using smartphones or social media. But of course, they can receive ringtones on a small phone, but they are still part of the number. So sometimes artists also tend to forget about those. Those are the people that, again, you want to reach by radio. With TV, you have to wait uh, to have um, NEPA or have subscription to some cable television service. You know, they are stuck with a free-to-air terrestrial stations which, again, not do much of um, promoting music or music videos as well. So essentially, people will have to look for what has worked for them, be realistic to know what has just been, uh, what you might call PR arrogance, and know who organically make up their fan base and look at the best way to connect with them. Are they best connected with on Instagram or on Twitter? Or um, on Facebook or Vibe Radio, 
So there's no one road yes. into this market. Yeah. I like that. PR arrogance and you talked about segmentation pretty much is what you're saying. So that's 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 very true. But now let's let's let us even look at the established ones, the ones that have a core following of fans or they have huge fans that actually if huge actually huge fan base that actually follows what they do and they're really invested in the artist. So let's just say they want to have a show on maybe Instagram live, whatever, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook live, whether it's a white label. So whatever it is, when you look, when you look at the factors that are applicable to Nigeria, one of them is unstable internet connection. And we talk about the fact that Nigerians maybe a lot of times don't want to pay for quality service or quality shows. But I think that that a lot of times you see that that's not really necessarily true. You have to be great at what you do and Nigerians will pay. But so look at those factors. Unstable internet connection. People not wanting to pay for a virtual concert. And now that Naira has has been devalued even further, all these different factors that are at play. Which one would be the best for an artist to monetize? We should come back to who the real fans are. Mm. And then anyway, no matter how virtual we try to create um, new situations or new events, there is not a reason why uh, live events are live events. Mm. We can move on adjusting to a new format time goes on if this persists, but we should not be deceived to think that we can have the same level of impact mm-hmm. as you have when you have a concert in uh, a Quartland and the way I have it, uh, we just mentioned about data, reliability of connection, even the cost of the data. So how many people do you think will stay up to plug in that amount of money into data purchase for a concert of four hours? It doesn't mean it can be done. How are you able to monetize the brands want to see what exposure can they get if they put their maybe advertising materials in your channel. Virtual will just be a midway around the prop, just so it doesn't look like nobody is doing um, anything. I mean, of course, we could easily point to a few virtual stuff that have happened during the lockdown. The one was all uh, uh, global concert mm-hmm. where we had to play from different parts of the world. And mm-hmm. The facilities and the... A living environment is a whole lot different from what we have here. But I've also seen artists do this Instagram live um, thing. Yeah. But I've, I've seen more of comedians uh, in terms of uh, the numbers than um, music artists. Because some artists are just incapable of relating with their audiences. Their social media hands are probably operated by some media team or manager. So they're actually like sometimes a lot more distant away from their audiences. So we don't have that connection. It's something they have to now learn to be able to say, I'm going to Instagram and I'm ready to answer as many questions as come. Those who can test that, that would be good. Again, now this is what table turns and then the non-mainstream artists who have always had like a close Channel communication. There are few followers. When I say few, be where a big superstar has like 10 million. They might just have like 100,000. But these are 100,000, they are real and true. And in the post, there's over 500, there's about 4,000, 4,500 views out of this 5,000. 
those are more organic. Those are more reliable to follow you to the end of time because they have value. With superstars, it's a matter of everybody the bandwagon. Or if I come and say, like the video, we will say, what are you from? Or that I'm whiskey, I'm not from this music. So most people also just want the bandwagon not to be left out, not to be seen as uh, uncivilized or not tapping. They will follow the bandwagon. Then how often do they engage with that platform, which is supposed to be a virtual hand between audience and the artist? Some artists that will try now, and they won't be able to cut it. If you on the management, to come up with um, ideas that can make artists who have been distant and aloof audiences, who are dealing with their audiences via a proxy intermediary, to try and change all of that. So we will to now be more organic, because what it simply means is that it's not cost me anything to click like a video on Facebook. But if I'm going to spend data of some reasonable amount for a live interview or for a studio performance, a virtual concert, it would mean that I am truly committed to you as a fan. And that is not what we have right now. Yeah. So everybody was deep, deep. It is still keep wallowing in um, the illusion of how many likes to get, when we know how, how those are manipulated in some cases, such an artist will be, will be losing out. And depending on how long this goes for, it will take some hard work to gain whatever position they've lost. It will take some time to gain it back. Yeah, and I think just even what you're saying, it always just for me, whenever I hear these comments about um, artist engagement, it just, for me, always underscores that no matter how much technology has decentralized um, um, access to getting your music to people or has broken down the doors of gatekeepers, there is still the importance of having A&Rs and having proper media training for your artists. It just always underscores that because we need more A&Rs and we need artists to go through proper media training so that, like you said, they're able to engage with not just even the, their fans, but also the press. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Now, let's just kind of move over to some foreign companies. So we have some foreign companies. I'm sure you may have heard of some foreign event companies who are trying to walk around the social distancing restrictions that I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation. So there's, there was one in Denmark that happened. Apparently, 500 tickets were sold. It was a driving concert. And concert goers could get close and personal to the artist through Zoom video conferencing. A couple of weeks back, there was an article in Yahoo Finance about a company called Temple Live that was going to have a social distancing concert in Arkansas, but apparently that never happened because their venue, the liquor license for the venue was seized. And now Live Nation is actually going to have an event in New Zealand, apparently in two weeks, and they're going to implement social, social distancing measures. As a show promoter, do you think that this is like the best way for the industry to begin to get itself back to the place that it was? Especially, well, when, every especially, environment, when, especially when you look into the issue of safety and um, health. Every environment uh, will analyze their own peculiar situation and uh, design from our templates that uh, they can uh, work for them by checking all the safety measures and um, being sure that people come and leave this without any 
fear of infection or contamination. So it's going to have to be on a country-by-country country, basis. Uh, basis. So if you talk about driving, yeah, there'll be much issues to talk about driving in Nigeria. But again, like I said, that is already a green that we are adjusting our way. You want to go to a concert, you and your friend, you get dressed and looking all like really, really ready for trouble for the night. And then you have to be in different schools. There's like physical barriers around you. That spontaneity is uh, lost. I mean, they might have to make do with that for lack of uh, an alternative. But it's a new experience that we need time to, to grow. Even when you go to an event, let's say in a cocktail, would you like crime? event center in Lagos. So if you go to an event, a hotel, and the patient center is really to the brim, people standing, you're probably knocking about 5,000 into that space. Everybody's standing in the room. Now, it's very unlikely that you probably will count 3,000 cars that brought the 5,000 people. It'll probably be just all about maybe about two to 300 or 500 cars People are coming with Uber. People are coming in pairs. So you can't imagine that 5,000 at this and 5,000 cars. Mm -hmm. So let's even say two persons to a car. You see, we're talking about 2,500 cars. So you see, when you're talking about driving, because it can happen in some desert land, some in another country, and you want to chase that in Nigeria, you have to look at the logistics. Mm -hmm. How many people are really our contact doers have cars to be able to do a driving? Yeah. So... People will think of the method, silent disco. Okay, you're going to a concert and you're wearing a headgear, protect your face up to your neck. It's just not the same. When a song is going on and you jump up and you hold onto your friend and scream and shake and clap hands, we have to just see how this unfolds and how we can gradually get back. Because you go to a concert and one person as much as returns with an infection, then the whole project has failed. Because we that is possible, and we thought we had a hundred percent proof against that. So that can even damage the industry even more. That so it might actually begin to have uh, maybe regulations or regulators come down very hard on the organizers. Mm -hmm. They would concert the investment clients who support concerts, and then companies are investing concert. They do it for business. But if you're not doing a virtual concert, for example, you have to get your advertiser interested in your formula and believe in it, that can deliver to them the same value as a constant CBS will. So the question is, they be willing to pay the artist the amount of money it is to pay him. Money is paid to the artist will reduce mm -hmm. because you cannot expect that um, it will give you the same impact as the way you used to do it before. So will the client spend the same amount of money for less value? Yeah. Taking into consideration all you said, the issue of making sure that we are whatever solutions we are trying to think of, we have to tailor that to Nigeria and be realistic and practical about where we are, whether that's with the fan base, whether that's with electricity and technology. How can artists and even the people behind the scenes, people who are into sound design, people who are into stage design, how can they go about dealing with the possible job losses or even reduce income and revenue in these times? Well, I've always believed in uh, people trying to 
empower themselves to probably be, uh, what am I called, multidisciplinary competent. People will have to come up with new ideas for how to delve into other areas or mm-hmm. services available to mm-hmm. other people that they probably didn't consider in the past. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, how about doing a master class? And they want to learn about something now that they cannot. It's like um, telling somebody to go and um, how to fly choppers when they are just into that uh, choppers have been outlawed from uh, being used as public transportation worldwide. Yeah. So what are you doing that for? So again, like I said, oh, fine. The way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I see quite a number of based event coming where people can be allocated time slots mm-hmm. where you break it down and say okay first two days uh, the light through so that you can measure you can maintain social distancing so yeah yeah what I will find at the level I mean because when you think about the fact that if we had regular or not even regular yeah if we had regular constant lights and reliable internet connection that people are willing to pay for, then the technical experts who are behind the scenes can work with the artists in some way, shape or form to put on, you know, live concerts that people can actually tune in to yeah. watch. But um, what can the Nigerian government do to mitigate job losses? Because even though we you have just said that water will find its way, there are some people that are definitely going to be affected. And I'm sure you know that the government has assembled a COVID-19 committee for the creative sector, and their goal is to help create solutions. So if you were going to give them a solution or a recommendation, what would you tell the committee and the government to do in order to help the industry? Well, um, the committee, well, I'm giving them one or two things that will be reason, taxation, creating a database uh, across the country, just about that. If the yeah. government can't really solve all your problems, they can only solve the problems that re- where is related to regulation, security, and stuff. So it's where the need arises. So the other half can open mind and open door policy. Because we can't possibly pinpoint everything that we need to do now. But if tomorrow we're not going to live that, oh, because this has changed, we think it's possible for you to do this for us now. It should be like a continuous process, not just to say, but oh, this we can do, this we can do, and this we can do. What if tomorrow you can, and they have already closed the door? So government will not dash you money just like that, but if they also say to people, to say incentive, if you have a company, you invest in the credit sector, depending on which templates or which uh, platform available that can function, so, okay, if you support this, uh, you can get this kind of tax rebate or this kind of uh, tax holiday. Some private sector sponsors consider that they can see a win-win situation uh, for the business and also for them. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Now, from all you said over the course of the interview, you definitely seem to think that the entertainment industry has been changed because you're talking about new alternative business models or maybe they're going to do segmentation in terms of like, okay, two days we do this, two days we do that. Do you think that the pandemic has changed the industry permanently? Or if, let's say, a miracle happens and they find a vaccine at the end of the year or at the early next year because 
I was actually reading an article said that Live Nation is saying that they're hoping to go back to scheduling concerts and putting on concerts in 2021. Do you think that the industry will go back to business as usual or it's going to change for the better? If we go back to normal, I mean, it's always better to go back to normal. As uh, Africans, which again is a cultural, plant, and sociological uh, considerations, we are by nature uh, touchy, family, and what. So it would take some, it would take some, um, it would take a bit of time for people to even be more comfortable with the social distancing thing and virtual. Uh, scenario, and once the mandatory need for social distancing is eliminated, then there's stringent check and enforcement. Yeah, we can get back to how things are done, but like I said, it will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever can bring people together, yeah. people will go for it. So, no matter how much the changes are, removes that interpersonal relationship, they will still prefer to watch um, Tubaba or somebody on the screen, which will probably be like you're watching his video. He still doesn't talk to this. Now, from a business perspective, what are you hoping to see with how the industry... What am I? What are you, what are you hoping to see? What do you hope that this pandemic teaches people? Are, are you hoping that things are going to be done differently or you like how things are presently? No, no things... We all pray that things get better, but again, if it doesn't get better, we must be proactive. Like I keep saying, don't, oh no, what I mean is, we are that, not create, uh-huh, Go ahead. We are not creating events for our own uh, benefit. You are doing it one to entertain, two somebody is paying. The better who is paying, has a reason why it's paying because he wants to impress some people, give brand loyalty, and ultimately end up at the point of uh, skill. So things will never be exactly exactly the same until. The social distancing requirement is no longer enforced. That is no longer a need, medically speaking. Yeah, no, then, but, uh, yeah, but what I'm even more get my question is getting at the fact that from a business perspective, are there things that you have seen in the industry as a show promoter or as a special events producer that you hope that this crisis causes people to reassess and reflect so that when things do quote and unquote go back to normal, which normal is no longer anything called normal, things would be different or you don't, there's nothing for, there's nothing that needs to change is the question I'm actually trying to get. No, no. This, okay. Let me put it this way. Before uh, the Corona uh, mandatory distancing, whatever lockdown happened, I had an event that uh, I was technical producer and this was like the um, end of first week in March. We have always, as a rule in our team, placed a very high premium on um, health and safety. And everybody, everybody that came to work in that room had the temperature taken at the door. They wash your hands and sanitize. You go out as many as 10 times to reduce the security enforcing that as part of our general uh, modus operandi. So I I expect that because of what we've been exposed to, people go back to work. They'll probably take a, a few lessons back with them on how to conduct themselves in relation to all the people around, either co-workers or the center public, which is the, um, what you call it, the, the audience. Mm-hmm. So you will notice that as small as that is. However, if 
any benefit or any gains are also recorded and analyzed with numbers. And people see that uh, yeah, it's good to do a live concert. Instead of doing four, why don't I do one and use the money for the rest three, do about 10 special concerts. If they have now found a niche mm-hmm. or a need or a benefit in experiment with a virtual concert. So again, the as much as the doors might open, it doesn't mean that they will throw out all the practices of now. Yeah. Because you still have to look at how much has it said, like I keep saying, how much has it said to you in a real sense. And, uh, PR arrogance. All of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to the fun random questions. Are you ready? I run up. Go ahead. Okay. First question is What concert or event would you have loved to be a part of the production process? What concert or event would you have loved to be a part of the production process? In Nigeria or worldwide? Anywhere. Channel Pavarotti of mm. Italy. Mm. Italian uh, classical uh, musician. He's, he, he passed up yeah. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He, he used to have a concert every year, and every year he's dedicated to one particular cause. Like he did something during the Liberian crisis, he did something for children of Bosnia. And what he would normally do, he would bring like this big, 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 big stars of, of the moment. And then they will have to also perform uh, like. Uh, an operatic performance with him, which is what he's known for. I used to be so blown by that that I was actually planning to actually approach them to volunteer myself. Again, I guess I'm drawn by the immense technology and uh, experience mm-hmm. that goes into doing that, like about four, five, seven different professional companies yeah. harnessing the best of their energies to do that. Second question, whose virtual concert are you paying to attend? Let's just say everything is everything is kumbaya in Nigeria. We have data. We have everybody's trembling to pay for that. Whose virtual concert are you paying to attend? The options are Tiwa Savage, Dibanj, Niniola, or King Sonny Ade. Which of them I would choose to attend? Is virtual everything concert. Or another? Yes, virtual concert. I'll go with Sonny Ade. Mm. Why would you go with him? Well, okay. Sonny Ade is a Bread musician, and that is not taken away from uh, the other people or the other people you have mentioned. Because again, yeah. some of them haven't even used the number of Sonia has been performing on stage. If you understand music, uh, African music life, you see that um, the share number, just like Pella's band, the share number of performers, it's the whole lot they are able to bring them together sensibly and make extremely good music out of it. So Sonny is performing and singing. Every stanza, every bar is like an experience. Mm-hmm. What he's saying, the poetry of his uh, rendition, the guitarists, the drummers, the talk drummers, it's not something you just wait and do. It's something that they have spent years and they spent so many years rehearsing. So you are bound to like enjoy the concert like you just in your living room and yeah. Get a glass of uh, uh, water, or a cup of tea, or coffee, and enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a good choice. Third question is: In these times, what piece of wisdom has been your guide? Um, I'll take it from uh, 
around the bus now. I was just uh, it has just become apparent to us how powerless we are, and um, we just realize that there's an overwhelming need for humility and gratitude. Nobody is certain, like, it's not a matter of like, how much money do you have, can you fly abroad? So you have to be humble, uh, remove yourself from whatever class or whatever you are, and first of all, be a human being, realizing how powerless you are, and what that registers in you, the next natural thought that will come to you or expression in your heart, that of gratitude that you are alive, and in some cases, gratitude also to people who are working around the club to be sure that we are kind of safe, that this doesn't blow out of proportion and get to even in your house. Yeah, so humility the two keywords for me are the humility and gratitude. Do you have any last words, ho- words of encouragement, hope for the industry, creatives, artists, how we're going to get through this situation? My advice would just be for people to just take some time and think. When you're out of your comfort, you suddenly realize what strength you have and what new things you can learn and um, what new value you can bring to the circle so you can maintain relevance and uh, be able to survive. For artists, it's become almost like like an eye opener. It's become an eye opener for people to know that. Um, you can be one person today and tomorrow for no reason of anything you may have done wrong. You run the risk of becoming a commoner. So that's, uh, again, I'll come to that humanity is to have empathy and how you relate with your audience. People should just come down from their high horse yes. knowing that no matter how much success you are, how popular uh, you are, they're just always a leveler or a denominator beyond your all of your influence, your wealth, your power. Yeah. So hopefully it makes us all better human beings. But I look forward to talking to you hopefully at the end of the no year problem. or maybe next year to talk about things that maybe we have learned. But thank you so much for your time. So I'm really grateful. Always a service, All right. So have a great day and please be safe. Bye. Have a good day. You too, sir. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is produced and edited by me, Fala Shade Anosye. Theme song for the show is by Imodu Ayonote. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, Audiomack, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for the SNC Podcast, one word, no spacing. Also follow us at the SNC Podcast, still one word, no spacing on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'll be back in another two weeks with a new episode. Thank you for listening.